0: to make plans for their life together as he laid the foundation for what would be their very first home together. He began to dream about married life as he put the door frame up that he would in just a few weeks carry his bride through. As he put the shingles on the roof, he looked down into the room that he planned to be the nursery for their first child. He looked out into the backyard at the space where his family, his his closest friends would gather together for the naming ceremony, which was a really, really big deal for Jewish families. Kind of like gender reveal parties today. Then he started to think about what he would name their first child. Would he name him Jacob after his father? Which had significance because this, this was the name of their patriarch, the great patriarch Jacob. Or would he name his child after his grandfather, Matanah, which means gift? It seemed appropriate. He was experiencing just so many gifts from God. What if it was a girl? What, would he name her it was all these happy thoughts and many more that were running through joseph's head as he began to build the house for his wife the house that he and mary would share and so you begin to understand then the emptiness he felt the pain that he felt when his friend came by and said, Joseph, come on down from the roof, man. I got to talk to you. He said, no, I'm busy. I want to get this done. Before Mary gets home, he's like, no, that's it. Come down. All right. So he comes down. Friend says, Joseph, I need you to sit down for this. Mary did come home from visiting her cousin Elizabeth. No, I need you to sit down. And I don't know how to tell you this. Mary's pregnant. And I know you know the story. You've heard it before. Joseph, a man of God, someone who had the heart of God, who was from the line of David, didn't want to shame Mary. So he had in mind that he was going to divorce her, but quietly, so the small town of Nazareth wouldn't find out what she did. You know how the story goes. Joseph has a dream. An angel shows up says, Joe, don't do that. Keep the baby. Keep the wife. It's from the Holy Spirit. And some of you have even memorized those lines. But the problem is that normalizes it. We've heard this story so many times. It seems normal, right? But there is nothing about this story that is normal. It's weird. What happened in Joseph's dream, what happened in Matthew's gospel is not normal. Young ladies who were pledged to be married didn't just get pregnant. And if they did, kind of like today, if a young lady who is not married gets pregnant, it's kind of weird. No, then it was really weird. Good little Jewish girls didn't just get pregnant. And what also was weird, what also was strange, Joseph's reaction. Normally, if a man had to endure this kind of disgrace, well, there was something set up in the law that would punish this young lady. It's called a stoning. It resulted in death. It was unusual that Joseph was just going to do this quietly. Oh, and let's not forget, an angel showed up in a dream. Do not think that people just ran around seeing angels in Jesus' day. 400 years, 400 years had been how long since one of God's prophets had heard the voice of God. People just didn't see visions. People just didn't see angels. But Joseph did. Oh, and what was he told? The baby in your fiance. Yeah, it's from the Holy Spirit. People, this is not normal. This is strange. This is really unusual. If you're following along in the sermon guide in front of you, that's our first fill-in-the-blank for today. Getting ready for baby Jesus was an unusual situation. No, there was nothing normal about what Joseph experienced in the circumstances surrounding his preparation for baby Jesus' birth. And I suppose not much has changed. Today, we're a lot like Joseph. As we look forward to our Christmas, we start to frame how we want this Christmas to look, our plans, we have dreams and visions of the family gathered together, snuggled around the Yule Yule log, cuddling. We have plans to make cookies, watch our favorite movies. But this isn't a normal time, is it? I mean, just think about this for a second. One hundred... And 7 million people will travel between the week of December 23rd and January 1st. To put that into perspective, that means that every other home on your block will be empty. No one will be there. That doesn't happen every week of the year. It's unusual. It's also strange when you think about this 22 teaspoons of sugar. That's how much sugar the average person will eat every single day in the month of December. That is a lot. Put that in perspective. Your doctor says that it's okay. It's somewhat healthy if you have maybe a donut hole every single day. About four to six teaspoons of sugar. 22 teaspoons of sugar is like eating two whole donuts each and every day, and if you do the math, that's 60 donuts, and if you do more math, I think I got this right, that's uh, five boxes of a dozen donuts that the average person will eat in the month of December. That is unusual, speaking of consumption. 106 billion kilowatt hours of power. That is how much, I got that number wrong, 606 billion kilowatts of power. That's how much energy the United States of America uses to power those lights that you plug into your tree and the front of your house. That is an unusual amount of energy. To put that in perspective, that could power El Salvador for the entire year. And speaking of billions, 680 billion is how much the United States will spend on retail in just the month of December. That is 20% of what this nation spends the entire year. And most people agree that if you count all of the spending, it's closer to $1.2 trillion that we will spend for Christmas. If you're following along, that is the second fill in the blank. Getting ready for baby Jesus, it is still, it is still an unusual season. And you want to know something? That kind, of, kind of bothers me. I'm going to be honest for a little bit. It's, it's something that I wrestle with. I'm okay with all of the oddities that come in December. I have been year in and year out. I mean, every single year is exactly the same. My family and I do the exact same things to get ready for Christmas. Nothing changes. Every single year, I make decisions, and I think you do too, to have a December, to have a Christmas season that's hectic, that's, oh, ready, busy. And I wonder why I'm okay with that. I wonder why all of the commercialized, all of the sensationalized hallmarks that are the American Christmas are things I adopt wholesale. I thought about that this week, and I think I figured it out. The answer is that I just want to celebrate Christmas like Joseph. And I think you do too. I want this Christmas to be special. I want the preparations and the circumstances surrounding the celebration of this baby to be special. And so I do all of the commercialization, all of the sensationalization. I take it. And let me tell you something. I take it all. The Christmas trees, the lights, the cookies, the movies, the parades, the parties, the ugly sweaters. I surround myself with all of these things so that everybody around me and myself included knows Matt is serious about his celebration of Christmas. And because I'm a Christian, I do some other things too. I make some plans to look the people at the store in the eyes and say, Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. I make plans to put a sign in my yard or on my social media that says, keep Christ in Christmas. And I make plans, get this, to go to church at night one extra time this month to sing Silent Night because you know no Christmas celebration is complete without that, right? <laughs> Yet, every single year, it's the same. All of the running around, all of the parties, all of the, all of the things that we do around Christmas, it doesn't fill me up. It drains me. It makes me tired. All of the cookies, all of the sugar I eat, it doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel actually insufficient and weak. All of the fun times and all the happiness that I get with my family, it turns to sadness when it's time to go home. And all is calm, all is bright. For one holy night disappears real fast because the next week I go back to work and the emails have piled up, the to-do's that I didn't get done because I took time off get piled up, and that's Christmas. That's Advent. Came and went. And I wonder why, why it is that it is still in an unusual season. I wonder why getting ready for baby Jesus is still an odd thing. And I think this is it. Because Christians, it's because people want to feel close to Jesus without actually having to change their plans. If you're writing in the the fill-in-the-blanks, that's the next one. That we want to feel close to Jesus without actually having to change our plans. We want to celebrate Jesus without actually having to set aside my work calendar and all the end of the year to-dos because I would rather, rather think of myself as way more important than worshiping him more fully. We want to celebrate Jesus' birth. We want to feel close to Jesus. And yet... I would much rather be with those people, make those plans, attend those parties, than set aside time to be with Emmanuel. Why is it that getting ready for baby Jesus is still a highly unusual season? Because we want to be close to Jesus without actually having to change our plans. And I'm not sure if we recognize, I'm not sure if we understand just how much change took place between verse 19 and verse 24. If you open it up and keep looking at it, let me just point that out. Verse 19, he had planned to divorce her. Verse 24, he woke up. He took Mary home to be his wife and he gave him the name Jesus. Jesus. Why was it Joseph able to change? Why was he able to change his plans? His name is Jesus. And he came to save his people from their sins. His name is Jesus. And in an unusual time, in unusual circumstances, God gave an undeserved and unusual gift. His name is Jesus. God looked at Jesus, or looked at Joseph, rather, and he said, I know you have plans. I know you have made plans to operate in this moment and save Mary from shame, but be still. Be still, know that I am God, and know that this is Jesus who has come to fulfill my plan. To save his people from their sins. This is Emmanuel. Know Emmanuel. Know God with us, Joseph. Know God's peace. Because it's about to get a lot more strange. You're going to have kings come from the east. And you're going to have another king try to kill your baby boy. But know my peace. I got this. Know my hope. Because... I know you got fears, Joseph. But the hopes and fears of all the years are met in this one. Know my joy, Joseph, because I know you had plans, man. I know you had plans to name him Jacob, and I know you're going to experience disappointment having to name him the name that I gave you. But know this. His name is Jesus, and he has come to save his people from their sins. That's the fill in the blank, that during this unusual time, during these unusual circumstances, God gave an undeserved and unusual gift. His name is Jesus, Mashiach, Yeshua, the Lord saves. That is his name. And that is the gift that God gave to Joseph. That is the gift that God gave to Mary. And is the gift that God gave to all humankind. And in his name, in Jesus' name, we see the problem solved. We see the impossible resolved. Because while you and I want to feel close to Jesus, but have a problem making changes to our plans, we see Jesus Want to be close to you and therein fulfill all of God's plans. We see a Jesus who wanted to be close to you and fulfill all of God's plans. His name is Jesus, and he came for one reason and one reason alone it was to save you from your sins, it was to save you, and yes, you from your Christless Christmas celebrations. It was to save you, yes, you, from all of the sins that you have committed for spending so generously on yourself and others with time and energy and money, but being so stingy with the time that you have to spend with Emmanuel he has saved you from your sins his name is Jesus and make no mistake about it this little boy in Bethlehem he is the one who is going to hang on the cross to save his people from their sins this little boy he is the one who's going to be mis- forsaken by the father this little bundle of joy is here for one reason and one reason alone is to crush the head of Satan. It's to overthrow the gates of hell. Why? Here's the fill in the blank. Because Jesus, excuse me, God is still giving an undeserved and an unusual gift today. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus who has come to save you. Yes, You from your sins yet Jesus knows you got plans Jesus knows you're busy but during this Advent season he is coming to you and he is saying be still it is not your time to operate it is not your time to try to save this year's Christmas It is your time to be still and know that I am God, to know that I am Emmanuel, and that means that God is with you, to know his peace, because you think the devil wants to distract you and make things seem hectic on December 2nd? Just wait, December 22nd, 23rd, and 4th roll around. Know Emmanuel and know his hope, because you have fears and they're met in him still. No Emmanuel because he gives you joy. He gives you joy that, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to disappoint you when Christmas doesn't go the way you want it to be. But his joy, his joy comes from this. His name is Jesus, and he has come to save his people, to save you from their sins. Jesus is still giving that undeserved and unusual gift called Jesus. And I know it too. I know that this next month is going to be crazy. I know it's going to be busy. So I'm going to give you one more thing to do, (laughs) Okay? I'm going to give you a challenge. Here it is. I want you to write it down. Here's the challenge. I want you to stop getting ready for Christmas. Stop it. Quit. Stop getting ready for Christmas and start getting ready for baby. Start getting ready for the Christ. Start getting ready for Christ. Because it's not about your season. It's not about your Christmas. It's not about your warm and fuzzies. And I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, but it's not about your child's Christmas either. It's about a name. His name is Jesus. And he has come to save his people from their sins. His name is Emmanuel. And that means that God is with us. God is in us. He has come to make his dwelling among us. That's the challenge. The challenge is to stop getting ready for Christmas and start getting ready for Christ. And I'm gonna challenge you that. When I see you, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you, how are you doing that? I want you to ask me. I want you to say, Pastor, how are you getting ready for Christ this Christmas season? And I'm gonna tell you, And I'm going to give you some things right now that I can give to you that maybe you can tell me. Some ways you can get ready for Christ. Here's one of them. Ready? I'm going to continue to shamelessly and some might say even obnoxiously plug this and push this. Join a life group. Be a part of a life group. Why? Because I want to give you one more thing to do on a weeknight? Because I want you to fill up your calendar this month? No. It's because I know that spending one hour maybe four hours, getting ready for Jesus during the month of December isn't enough. And I want you to have more. I want you to know more. I want you to feel more. I want you to experience Christmas like Joseph experienced Christmas. I want you to experience a Christmas that is centered and based thoroughly, wholly, and fully on the person of Jesus Christ. You absolutely can't be in a life group. I got one more thing to help you get ready for Christmas. I got some toolkits here this morning. They're pieces of paper. They're on our welcome table. It's a little booklet of ways that can help you and your family prepare your home and your hearts for Jesus. It's got a bunch of different devotional thoughts, things that you can do in the month leading up to Christmas, things you can do on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to make Christmas centered on Christ. Yeah, I know, it's a cool thing. Every, every year you hear Christians say this, right? You hear them say, keep Christ in Christmas. But let's stop keeping Christ in Christmas. Let's stop putting Christ in Christmas for just one holy day. And let's do this. Let's put Christmas in Christ for the transformation of the entire holiday. Let's stop putting Christmas, excuse me, Christ in Christmas for just the celebration of one day and let's put Christmas in Christ for the transformation of this entire holiday. Let's do that. Let's you and I take this whole behemoth, which is Christmas, and set it solely and squarely on the shoulders of the one whose name is Jesus, who has come to save his people from their sins and let's pause there. Let's stop there, and not just celebrate a day, but celebrate a name, the name, the one whose name is Jesus, who has come to save his people from their sins. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah and amen.